You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super honored and excited for today's guest. Todd Herman, Russell Brunson, Greg Reed, Kevin Harrington, Chris Record, Jim Quick, Naveen Jane, Billy Jean from Billy Jean Marketing. Welcome to Making so, Bank, man. Hold on, I got a question, man. Yeah. Is Billy Sorry. Jean is marketing. is marketing. There's a difference, All right? right? Like, Billy Jean is marketing. It's, 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 it's an equivalent. It makes sense now. Billy Jean is marketing. Yeah, man. What's up? <laughs> so we have some people that may just have one or two people on their team. Yeah. Um, we own one of the largest skincare companies as well, so we have like twenty-five people on our yeah. team in the natural product side of things. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, how do we take that and make sure everybody's performing at that next higher level and focusing on that one thing? Sure. Yeah. So you know, all of us in our organizations, you got people who are sitting at the level where you're thinking about strategy and working sure. on the business and where we're going and stuff, and you get caught up in work and do some like in in the business stuff. Right. But then you got people who are actually executing in the business, Correct. right? Yeah. And so, uh, because it's an execution system, there's still an overarching philosophy that right. needs to sit up at a cultural level of how we operate. It's okay. Like, this is the way we operate. This is how we do things here. Sure. And this is the way that we think. And so. How that would work from a top level group of people is like, no, we are fanatical about knowing what the focus is of our next 90 days. And that okay. comes top down. Right. Business. But there should be a two way communication. Like your people that are boots on the street should be actually feeding information up, saying, like, hey, just so you know, like, this is the thing that's broken, or, you know, okay. we're really not communicating the value of our message out to our people because I'm having a tough time closing and it's because the marketing that's coming through is bringing in the wrong leads of people, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And so you need to have that top-down, bottom-up communication all the time. But from a top-down perspective, it's like, no, this is what, why are we working on nine projects, trying to get nine things <laughs> right. done when we don't have the available resources? I mean, we all have, we could have 16, I'd, have, oh, yeah. I'd love to do 16 <laughs> projects because for me, a project means growth. Right. We're doing this you. to yeah. grow. But that is the danger because we're only paid by what we get delivered and sure. what we build. Okay. It's like the idea of most entrepreneurs and businesses right now have 30 half-built bridges in their business. Right. And so if you think of your business or your product or service as, a, as an island in a sea of other islands that are out there. Sure. One island could be a, a new customer base right. or a marketing channel. Okay. And so if you're working on a Facebook strategy and you're building that bridge to getting it completed so that you've got something implemented, but you're also working on an Instagram strategy and a Pinterest one and a YouTube strategy, okay. and you're building these bridges, it's slowing down. So okay. if you would just focus on the Facebook <clears throat> one, get that bridge built, so now Facebook is working for you, bringing in new leads or sure. new people, and then so that you got that one working for you, and then you go off and you build another platform. Okay. That's the real idea behind this is is that. And so what a what an operator or the CEO needs to be doing is like constantly taking a look at are we really operating that way? Because okay. if you're not, you're bloated and you're slow. One thing that I find interesting is that when I first got started in my business, and I was still kind of learning all this stuff. Um, I didn't, I didn't understand that. And I, and so I started creating a whole bunch of opportunity switches. Like, um, I don't talk a lot about this publicly, but like, 
we did a launch every three months for like five or six years. And so like okay. everyone's like, here's the newest thing in the world. It's amazing. And like, come switch to my new opportunity. Everyone come in. They're all excited. They're making money and things are happening good. And then like three months later, I launched a new thing. I'm like, hey, everyone, here's a new thing. And like they'd switch and they'd switch. And after like uh, two or three switches, people are like, well, you told me that was the greatest thing. I'm like, yeah, it is. But this is great. Great <laughs> now. Like fun over. And I, said, and I tell people like your your customers will get schizophrenia because they're like shifting from thing to thing. Eventually, oh, like, yeah. You get burned out. Leave you. And so – I think that every good business needs one and only one opportunity switch. Like you're switching someone from whatever opportunity they're in to what they're in today. And after you have them in that opportunity, then you want to protect them. And you say, Look, I'm not going to switch you again. Like this is the thing. But how do we how do we make more money? Like how do we serve serve them more? Sure. So the next, the next phase is like, hey, we've switched them into this. Now what are the opportunity stacks that we can add upon this, right? Ah. So for example, in for me, I switch people into uh, into ClickFunnels and that opportunity. And now they've used ClickFunnels. If I was to come the next day and be like, hey, guys, guess what? This new thing called Amazon Amazon's amazing. Come to Amazon. Come over here, guys. They'd be like, but you said funnels. I'm like, yeah, but Amazon now. <laughs> like they, they'd be confused, right? Right. I stay in my vehicle. I stay in my lane, right? So here's here's uh, here's ClickFunnels and it's funnels. It's like, what are the what other opportunities I have for these guys inside of this, right? And so mm-hmm. I say, well, one opportunity is I know that their funnels aren't converting very well. If we had some software to help them write copy, that would help. And so also we introduce an opportunity stack, which is called funnel scripts. Right. I'm like, hey, you're in this vehicle right here. How many of you guys would like to make this like your actual full-time job? This could be your profession. You can become a, a ClickFunnels <laughs> certified consultant. Boom, I offer an opportunity switch to become a consultant. It's, but it's all within the same switch that I did initially, right? Sure. And that's kind of the, the, the thing. So usually every business needs an opportunity switch, which is usually the first thing you sell somebody after they come into your world. And from there, we transition out to opportunity stacking. It's like, how can I serve these guys at a higher level? What's the next thing within this vehicle that's going to help them to get more, to get better things? You know, and that's kind of what I'm looking at between those two things. As you built your team, because yeah. obviously you said you started out as you and everything you've done, you've worked on it yourself. Yeah. I mean, how difficult is it to really start to build and curate the right kind of team around you? Number one... When you're first looking to hire your first employee, the reason why you do it is because you have such an overwhelm of responsibility that is actually slowing down the growth of the company. So once you start to feel that tug of like, we're not growing because I'm doing all these things that I should really be doing someone else is there. So the reason why most agencies, why most online entrepreneurs can't grow is because you've been doing shit for the last three, four, five years by yourself. And you've learned so much through your mistakes. And then you teach someone and they don't pick it up within the first fucking three weeks. And you go, they're so stupid. Oh, gosh, these employees, da, da, da. When the truth is, the only person whose fault it is, if your team is not doing what they need to, is you. But it makes you yeah. feel better to be like, oh, all these fucking people, these millennials, they don't want to work anywhere. And they're just lazy pieces of shit. It makes you feel better. That's why you're fucking mad at your company. That's why you're broke. That's why you're mad at your bank account. You log in. Oh, shit, I feel shitty. That's why. And so, like, how do you fix that? Like this, you invest into people. Yeah. All of 2015, I literally could have been making five times as much money as sure. I was making if I just said the road of, Psh, I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to work by myself. I'm going to do some consulting work and I'm just going to make money. What you realize is this, money doesn't fucking make you happy. Yeah. Tell this story, but it, it resonates with me because I asked my buddy who was uh, ahead of me at the time and he says, I said, hey man, what made you decide to go from doing this by yourself to building a team? And he said, I'd rather build a dream with my friends as opposed to by myself. I was like, damn, that was deep. He like threw some emo yeah. shit at me. And he was completely, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was completely right. Like, dude, like there's, there's nothing fun about making money by yourself. 
Because at the end of the day, you always come back to the same thing, which is once you have money, you want to do with your friends. Like it, it always comes back. You want to take care of your loved ones. You want to buy your girl something nice. You want to give your daughter like you, you have these things, but you realize every single action that you want to do involves other people. Right. right? So I made the decision like, holy shit, like the money. Like you, you get a certain confidence about you once you start making money that guess what? I can make money forever. If my whole yeah. fucking team left me tomorrow, the guy, right, cool, I would readjust and I'd be fine. I make the same amount of money, it doesn't matter. When I started hiring people, I realized that I have to invest into them. Meaning, I'm not going to get a return on my money, employee money, right. sometime later. Maybe a year, maybe a year and a half. So the first people that I brought on, they were shitty. And it wasn't, they thought it was mine. They were shitty because they don't know what's in my mind yet. Right? Right. So how am I having this crazy <laughs> expectation? Like, you should just know this. What do you mean? You're not a mind reader? You guys are married right now when your girl's like, how did you not know that? Of course I meant that. <laughs> it's the same shit. What do you mean, babe? <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah, it happens <laughs> yeah. all the time. Right? So you, you realize that and you own that and then you say, okay, fine. Find someone that's in it for the long haul. And that's what I've really found. I think that's sure. why our culture goes there. But it goes both ways. Anybody who I hire, they know this. You're not stuck at the pay that you make. Some people, you're out there paying your people hourly. You have no intentions of giving them benefits, but you want them to be all in and they're lazy. But what to make you rich? Shut up, you selfish. Can I say that? <laughs> but really, like you selfish. You selfish. Like, like, really, that's what you, you think people are going to respond to, to making you money. That's the motivation. Well, why don't they just work hard and go out there? Why don't you go back to 800 and have slaves? That's what, you, that's, what, that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. But why, don't you, why don't you just go back and have slaves? It's, it's stupid. It's, it's, completely, it's completely self-absorbed is what sure. it is. So the second you let go and say, how can I better them how do I position all this in a way even though it's temporarily temporarily right. going to make me less money but now how in 2017 I can be almost completely hands-off with the agency with our school with everything that we do and the team can run it because when I was in 2015 training people who you might have said what are you doing hiring these people I was making the sacrifice that you weren't willing to make I yeah. was willing to train people when you weren't. Yeah. That's it, it's, man. And what it comes down to is I'm realizing that the people that the, are uber wealthy, right. they're not the ones teaching it or talking about it. They're the ones who are actually doing it. Doing it. And I sat down with this multi-billionaire just recently, and I says, you know, why are you a billionaire and I'm not? And he says, because you believe the BS lies that you tell and spread to people. <laughs> went, oh. Wow. I went, okay, go <laughs> teach me. And he says, you teach people to go find their passion and the money will follow. And okay. I said, yeah. He goes, that's a complete lies. I go, what do you mean? He hmm. says, what you do is seek opportunity and you capitalize on it. And that finances your passion. I go, what do you mean? He says, well, 95% of businesses that fail every single year, right. it's because you get them all fired up to quit their day job, to open up that yogurt shop, because that's their passion. Sure. Unfortunately, they don't go out of business because of their business acumen or money. It's because it's their baby. It is their passion. So as soon as there's a challenge, uh -huh. they'll go down and die with the ship. Right. He goes, I'm a game of frogger. I write a log. As soon as it goes under, I jump off to the next log. I can never go under because I'm never emotionally attached. And he goes, I create so much wealth and prosperity for myself. I use that 
to go fund orphanages and music and my passions and things wow. of that way. Okay. And he goes, until you can change your mindset, he goes, you'll never be wealthy. You'll get rich, right. but you'll never be wealthy. Wow, that's a huge transformational shift. Right. I mean, okay, oh, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I got to go back into my other books and go, cross that out, cross that out, right? But the whole thing is I do realize that there's many people that have been, you know, very successful living their passion. Sure. But on the same note, I'm just realizing, he looks at me and says, do you think that the Rockefellers were passionate about crude oil or the Gettys? <laughs> or do you think that the waste management, you know, is <laughs> passionate about right. trash yeah. and garbage or the aggregate people that built the roadways and freeways? He goes, but they saw an opportunity and they seized it. And they're, they're you know, the people that really control our society today. Wow. I realize is the people that are truly wealthy, they understand a concept, they dial it in and they master it. So okay. for example, I sat down with a guy who's a billionaire in raw land. Again, no real passion behind it. Yeah. I said, <laughs> I go, how do you make a billion dollars in raw land? He says, I find a town anywhere in the world that grows about 20 to 25%. Let's okay. go on Google Maps, find it anywhere. Sure. He goes, I find Main Street. I draw a line out eight miles and I buy the dirt. I rent the dirt to farmers who pay the land so it's free and I get vegetables. As the town grows exponentially, it's on my property. I'm on Main Street, and since I own the biggest land, I sell the Costco for 100 times. Billion dollars. Wow. If you can surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do and then duplicate it in your own style, sure. those are the people that come out on top. Look, I don't do an exact talk like Les Brown, even though Les Brown taught me how to speak. Right. I'm not going to do the exact same one because right. then you just be a copycat. The idea is to put your own unique spin and take on it. For sure. What are maybe three success points that you could point out? Say, hey guys, this is what you should be doing. One, two, and three. Okay, one, two, three. Let me think. Okay, so first of all, I'll go back to um, creating the right team, the okay. dream team. Okay, because you know a good team. You know, not everything happens according to plan. Right. Okay. So people say to me, do you, have, you, do you put a business plan together, like a five-year plan? No, because five, who knows what's happening sure. in year three, four, and five, right? right. Let's get through the first six months, yeah. right? So, so, that's, so I say, first of all, be, be prepared to make some changes. Maybe For sure. it's, it's probably one of the things, right? But with a good team, as, as maybe a second thing, a good team, they can make adaptations to the market, to the plan, and things turn out a lot different sometimes, you know, along the way, right? right? Um, and sometimes in a positive way, they go down a different path that opens up something. So having that team and being adaptable to the plan, and and then I think the, the you know the other thing is is just making sure that you are totally up to speed on all of the newest opportunities in your industry. And okay. this is, I call it exercising that curiosity. Right. Is you know we're here at traffic and conversion, right? Sure. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, this, I mentioned I'm going to the houseware show. I'll be at the hardware show or the beauty show. And the, I constantly am, am seeking these new opportunities and new relationships. Right. So I think any business owner has to just keep driving and keep exploring and keep learning in your business because it's those that sit and, and wait for it to happen that are going to be out of business in right, 12 months. Right, it's not going to happen. Right? Yeah. So I think that that's, that's probably a couple of good ones there. And make sure you're capitalized properly. So okay. get, get, a good, good, get a good investment base um, from your either, if you don't have your own capital, go raise the money go properly the money. to go do it. Okay. What would be three, I guess, key steps um, that has really led to your overall success past that where you've gotten to today? Okay, so three steps. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the first is personal development. 
Okay. Um, since I was 21 years old, I got turned on to personal development uh, books, audios. I've gone to seminars, been networking events. I've had mentors and coaches. I've been to masterminds. I'm all about soaking up knowledge. In fact, right now we're at we're here in San Diego at an event to be able to meet people and expand the network. So I'd say personal development. I'm always going and I'm always trying to learn how to be better. Uh, and so you know. All these books that I read, you mentioned something uh, interesting, which is language patterns. Um, it's not like I naturally had language. You know what my natural language pattern was? Was like curse words and you know, like I was just a young kid, like I'd curse and I'd and My belief patterns were extremely low. Um, I was very, very, I had very low self-esteem, believe it or not. I was willing to take action, but I just kind of, me and my friends when we were young, a lot of us had the attitude of, ah, you know, because of the way we grew up, that's not in our cards. You know, that was just our attitude was, yeah, you know, oh, those rich kids with their rich, spoiled parents. Yeah, they're gonna, oh, these guys, these people are going to college. Well, of course they got it good. We just had this attitude. I mean, some of the kids I thought was so rough, a lot of us didn't even believe we'd live to be 18. Um, so it was a very interesting um, mindset and belief patterns I came from. So words, I learned in books that the words that we speak, we end up believing. And so, you know, take that story of me with a 485 credit score and a negative bank account, getting evicted, being in a car accident, losing all this kind of stuff and quitting on entrepreneurship. Life can knock you down like that. But what I did in that state was instead of saying, I can't, right. I said, how can I? And just those three words right there from I can't to how can I, when you say I can't, your subconscious mind shuts down. It does not even look for ways to be able to do it. You might have solutions right in front of you, but if you tell yourself, I can't, you're not even gonna look for solutions. Just by opening your mind and saying, how can I? Your subconscious mind is so powerful, right? And you know it's powerful because it can retrieve information from years behind. Our subconscious mind is potentially more powerful than a computer. So what you've gotta do is you've gotta train your subconscious mind to look for ideas. Instead of saying, I can't, say, how can I? Next thing you know, um, I might be riding on a bus, you know, broke in a thrift center suit, but if my mind's saying, how can I, how can I? I might drive by a sign on the road and go, you know what, I got an idea. I might drive by a business and say, oh my God, I've got an idea. Keep your mind looking, keep your mind open. So my first thing would be is um, the, the personal development, you gotta train your mind, get good information in because society's giving you bad information. Today right. I had a conversation with somebody who said, Chris, man, I'm in my last $6 in my bank account, you know, you got help, what can I do? I'm like, get a job. And he goes, man, I can't get a job, I've already sent out 23 applications over the last three years. I mean, I've been trying. And I sat there and thought, wow, his mindset, his patterns are saying that 23 job applications in, a, in three years is a lot of work. And, he's, right. and his family and friends are saying, oh man, the job market is tough. See the difference? When you believe society, you're gonna just fall victim. When you don't believe society, when you, look, if I was out there and if I wanted to get a job, I would do 23 applications a day. Go out there, go business yeah. to business. I don't even care if you're hiring. Let me introduce myself and let me tell you why I could be an asset to your company. Where's your resume? You know what? I don't wanna give my resume and have you put it in a stack of people. If that's how you hire people, good luck with that list because I bring a lot more to the table than a resume ever could. And you just get in there and you start taking action. You go to 20 businesses like that every single day, not only are you gonna get hired, you're gonna be the highest paid person in that company. You're gonna create jobs. They're not advertising for a job, but they need you. They just don't know they need you. So personal development, trains you to do that. So I would say number one, personal development. Number two, take massive action. Nothing happens when you're just sitting watching. Even right now you're watching this. Sure, you're watching this, you're gonna get motivated, you're gonna get inspired, maybe you're gonna learn something. But none of that makes money. The only thing that makes money is action. You're gonna do nothing. This guy, 
put out 23 resumes in three years and it told me he's already taken a bunch of action. That's not action. I'm talking about massive action. I'm talking about 10Xing everything. Whatever you think is good, whatever society tells you is good, don't believe them, believe yourself and prove everybody wrong. Okay, so number one, personal development. Fix your mindset, get good in, get good out. Number two, take massive action. And then number three, and this one is, is more recent for me, I've made millions of dollars in my career and had nothing to show for it. And probably the biggest regret, I don't, I don't know if it's a regret, I don't really have regrets. It's like, right. learn, it's like you just learn. But um, I would say that I would be a lot further had I been a better steward with money and so that's always fresh in my mind, especially with a topic like making bank. You know, you can make bank and still be just as broke, okay? I was talking with somebody downstairs at this event that said, um, you know, these people make a million dollars and then the next year their business isn't doing so well and they have to start over from scratch. Don't start over. If you're gonna build an empire, what you wanna do is you want to um, create, you know, you wanna basically reinvest your money back into your business, diversify it, be a good steward of money. When you can be trusted, with money and be a good steward of it, then you can be trusted with more. You have to be scalable. If you're not good with uh, $10,000 a month or even a thousand right now, if you're broke right now and not able to do things, if you're not being a good steward of the resources you have right now, then you're not gonna be a good steward with 10 times those resources. Money's not gonna solve your problems. What's gonna solve your problems is you becoming the problem solver, right? Money is just one vehicle of many. Don't, don't think money's gonna solve your problems. Become the person. Become the person that I can solve this problem with or without money. I'm a problem solver. And so that's exactly what I did is I learned how to be a better steward of money. I learned how to be able to reinvest it. I learned how to be able to buy things in the, in, in the proper way, wait till I can afford things cash, not get too far out front. And that's made the world of difference for me, being able to scale a business from $100,000 a year uh, to over a million dollars a month. And that would be my three biggest things. That's awesome. Uh, Jim, I kind of, let's just kind of dive in and you know, yeah. really take a look at that first step of what you start your day out with and you know, how you utilize um, foods it could be. We're going to talk about how to optimize and build better brains so you can have a better business because your business is really dependent on your mind power, right? We're not paid for muscle power, we're paid for <laughs> our mind power. It's not your brute strength, it's completely your brain strength, right? It's your ability to solve problems, to be able to think clearer, to be able to focus, to be able to learn faster, because the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. And that's why it's so important to have this conversation. Sure. And I think really, right now, entrepreneurs are suffering from all these kind of like, it's, it's interesting being an entrepreneur right now because you have so much pressure, you have so, much, <laughs> yeah. so, much, so many things that are vying for your attention, and so how do you manage all of that in a, a digital economy where there's distraction and there's these demands and there's these difficulties? And so um, part of it is building up some kind of growth plan, right? Your sure. mindset is part of it. It's, it's be building your growth, but it's not just growth. It's also your ability to have grit because nowadays... Yeah, that's, that sustainability for... Right, because yeah. you go through challenges <clears throat> and you know, part of going through as an entrepreneur's journey you're going through challenges and it changes you. Right. And sometimes our struggles become our strength. And I know this because growing up, when people see me on stage, it's funny, um, we've shared stages before. Yeah. People see me do these demonstrations where I'll memorize a room full of people's names, like literally 100 people's names, um, or they'll give me 100 numbers or 100 words, forwards and backwards. And I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you, I do right. this to express to you what's really possible. Because the truth is, you could do it too. Every single person that's with us today has incredible capacity to learn, to think, to solve problems, and have a vitality of their mind also as well. But the challenge is your brain is this incredible supercomputer, but doesn't come with an owner's manual. Sure. Like nobody shows us how to use it. So you wonder why you're stressed. You wonder why you have information fatigue syndrome. 
or information anxiety. And so I'd, I'd love to go through strategies on yeah, awesome. how to conquer all those those modern day super villains. We, we, we talk about, we geek out over superheroes. Right, right? yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the Batman phone case that I'm exactly. utilizing from my kids' phone. I have my, uh, <laughs> I have my Iron Man case also as well. But, um, but the reason why I talk about superheroes a lot is because I feel like entrepreneurs are real life modern day superheroes. Right. They're the ones that are solving problems. They're the ones creating value. They're the ones that are creating jobs, uh, things that weren't there before. And so I honor the, the capes that, that you wear. And, but the truth is there are these super villains also that get in our right. way, you know, and I, the ones I talk about a lot are uh, things like information overload and overwhelm. It kind of holds us back and we always feel like we're trying to catch up and we can't ever keep up, much less get ahead. So um, how I like to start is, um, I mean, we talk about something new that we didn't talk about before. For sure. Yeah. Is, um, so starting your day is really important. Everyone always talks about morning routines, right? Oprah has her routine and Tony Robbins has his routine. For me, my morning routine and the whole, the concept behind this for those of you who are just new to this idea is that if you want to win the day, you win the morning, right? Right. Because you want to develop positive momentum um, because that's, you want to have a good, a great day, you have to have a good morning. And so uh, first of all, I, I start, I wake up and I start by remembering my dreams. That's the first thing that I do. And why is that important mm. for an entrepreneur? And we don't, I don't really have this conversation out. I did, a, I did a podcast episode on this recently for our show, and the reason why entrepreneurs want to remember their dreams is this. When you're going throughout your day, you are learning. And then at night, though, it not, the things don't just shut off. You're actually, your subconscious mind is working on the things that you worked right. on that day. And so it's solving problems. It's integrating your short to long-term memory. Um, the challenge is is you could have some real deep wisdom and solutions in your dreams. Sure. But when you wake up, most people don't remember their dreams. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what we started to in the beginning yeah. was it's not the daily success yeah. habits yeah. that make you successful. Yeah. It's the thought process, the mindset. And so tell, let us, I guess, dive into a little sure. bit about what your mindset is sure. and your thought process. So most people in life come from this mindset of scarcity. Okay. And the mindset of scarcity says that things have value because they are scarce. Right. Okay. Right. So whether it is land, whether it is real, you know, so real estate, people sure. say location, location, location. <laughs> what if location didn't matter? What happens to the real estate? What if people say there is abundance of energy and energy can be free? Do people still care about energy? Right. So idea is start thinking about, people say humans will never have enough. It doesn't matter what you have. They will always fight over it. Sure. Right? And I give them an example that how about oxygen? We can sit in the same room and not fight over oxygen <laughs> right. because we believe it's in abundance and it's everywhere. Sure. What if energy can be that oxygen that is so plentiful, nobody ever fights a war over it? Right. What if the food is so abundant that nobody ever starves or fight over it? And here's the thing. All those things are actually possible. Right. Right? So imagine sure. land. We all know just in our own galaxy, we are a tiny pale blue dot. <laughs> right. Right? And there are billions of galaxies just in our, our system. Right. right. And think about in our universe, how many galaxies are there? And how many universes are there in this multiverse? We don't know. So where yeah. is the scarcity of land? It's people believe you can't live somewhere else. Sure. So the mindset says you can't live somewhere else. That's why things are scarce. 
What if you could live on the moon? What if you could live on the Mars? Would the land still be scarce? Right. Right. Now you start to think about everything. What if on planet Earth, every 90 minutes, more solar energy falls on planet Earth than we use in the whole year? All about conversion. Right. What if we can convert that into usable energy and we can create so much energy that's literally free? Wouldn't that create abundance of water because we can desalinize it if the energy is free? For sure, yeah. We can have plenty of abundance of food, right? So if you look at the things as an entrepreneur focusing on the root cause and creating abundance. So today when people talk about sustainability, right. sustainability has become actually a synonym for conservation. Okay. Right? Yeah. So when people say, well, we need to be sustainable, sustainable, what they're saying is use less. Because, right. right? Because you got to save. Because yeah. you got to save. Right. I, and you and I both know you don't become rich by not spending. Right. <laughs> you become rich by making more. Right. right. So idea is if you want to create sustainability, create more of everything you want. Not spend less of the things you need. Sure. Right. If I say, well, you know, let's start stop breathing oxygen less. So you'll say, okay, I will stop breathing every every minute. I'm going to cut down by ten seconds. Right. Oh, well, now you need to cut down to twenty seconds. I need to cut down to thirty seconds. Now you're gonna hold it. Now you're gonna hold it <laughs> yeah. for two minutes. You're gonna say, you know what? I give up. I can't do right. this anymore. I'm gonna die. Sure. But what if you say, let's have so much of it that you can breathe as much as you want. Right. right. And that mindset, once you change your mindset to abundance, everything becomes possible. Everything. Other thing is to understand how technology is changing everything that we have taken for granted. So, you know, think of uh, as a example, people say, well, the, there is a lack of fresh water right. in our society. And I, as an entrepreneur, care enough to fix the problem. So you go down that path until you realize if you are a good entrepreneur, why do we have lack of fresh water? And you will realize majority of the fresh water is used for agriculture. And you say, aha, all I have to do is change the way agriculture is done, use the aeroponic, aquaponic, or even lightly salted water. Right. And then I can have abundance of fresh water and you're feeling really good. Until, someone t until you find out the majority of the agriculture is used for cattle. And you say, aha, Right. All I have to do is provide people the fresh meat without having to raise the cattle. Right. What if I can take a stem cell from a cow and only grow the muscle tissue? That's what people eat anyway. They don't eat other things, other parts of the body. So just give them the muscle tissue just from the same cow. Not, I'm not talking about vegetarian. I'm talking right. the same cow exactly the way nature does. Only muscle tissues. Suddenly a fresh water problem becomes a synthetic biology problem. And you would have never gotten there unless you understood how things work. Mm -hmm. Same type of thing, understanding how technology are disrupting not just primary industry. Right. And what are the other industries that get disrupted? Okay. So, for example, take a case of self-driving car. Everybody knows sure. about self-driving car and they say, well, that's going to decimate the automobile manufacturing because people are no longer have to own a car because car will be coming on demand right. and that will impact the automotive society. Now, if you take a step further, you say, wait a sec, if the cars are talking to each other, they can drive closer to each other. That means we don't have to build as many freeways. Mm -hmm. So what happens to the construction companies? Caterpillars of the world. Yeah. That changes. Right. If the cars are not getting into accident because they're communicating, what happens to the insurance? 
Sure. Automobile, what happens to the auto insurance that we have as a person? Right. We're no longer driving. Right. We so don't need what, it. We don't yeah. need it. <laughs> what happens now, since now the car becomes your office because now you have a holographic office in your car. You can live in a suburb. What happens to the real estate? But you thought you needed to be next to the office, and that's why the Manhattan is so expensive. Right, because everybody's there. Now, the cars don't need to park next to your office. They can park anywhere. What happens to all the parking lots in the city? What if they bec that becomes affordable housing? Hmm. Right? Sure. So imagine starting to see a single technology has impact over all these industries. Right. Now, imagine combining that with 10 other technologies that are all on the exponential curve. That's why I believe, despite the progress we have made in the last 100 years, next 10 years are going to change every single industry. Oh, yeah. Half of the Fortune 500 companies will not be around in the next 15 years. And what that means is, the problem will still exist. It won't be these companies solving, solving it. it right. It will be a new company solving it. That means King is dying. Right. You as an entrepreneur have a fair shot at it. And here's another thing you should remember. Just because somebody is ahead today, exponential technology is moving so fast that everything is becoming obsolete every five to 10 years. Right. That means somebody who is ahead today by five years, you yeah. all you have to do is in five years, they'll be obsolete. Right. <laughs> right. That means you have a chance to overtake them. Sure. And that's why I believe Uber will become a Kodak before they actually go out. Mm, yeah. Because, you know, Uber, advantage that Uber has is that they have created a massive marketplace yeah. of drivers. Right. With a self-driving car, you know who is the driver? The manufacturer. If right. Tesla can create Uber today, right. because everybody has a Tesla app, yep. they have the car, and now they have the network. Sure. That means instantly they can out-Uber Uber with a self-driving car. <laughs> right? Right, no, for sure. And that is the fundamentally, you have to start thinking about that when things are moving so fast and technology is changing so fast and the people are, companies are becoming obsolete so fast, you are never too far behind. Just because you missed the first bus, the next bus is around the corner. Right. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.